0: Well, I too want to welcome you. I know Anthony already welcomed you for being here, but thank you for being here. Thank you for those in person. We're excited for those who have joined us online as well uh, this day after Christmas. It's funny, a lot of people decide, am I going to stay home or go to church? I know a lot of people probably wanted to sleep in today, and I thank, thank you for your faithfulness coming into the house of God. You know, throughout history, man has invented all kinds of devices that were designed to make our life easier. And a personal favorite of mine happens to be the global positioning system that we've shortened to simply call GPS. When I was a manufacturer sales representative and covered several Western states, it was before the days of GPS and so if I was given a new section of territory, there was quite a learning curve of how to get around in a new city. If you ever go to a city you've never been to before, man, it, 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 it takes time to really get to know it and to be efficient in getting your way around. Today, all you gotta say is, hey Siri, I need directions to blah, 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 blah. And uh, she will give you, you give her the address and then she will offer you step-by-step guidance to the fastest and the, and the most efficient way to get there. I love GPS because you can go into any city and not be fearful. You can find your way around without a a great deal of fanfare, and it makes for a much more calming experience. There was one time, however, that GPS gave me some flawed directions. Lisa and I, we were driving somewhere in Southern California, I was using the GPS on my phone, And we were following the voice when all of a sudden, we realized that we're not heading in the right direction. So the voice, as she always says, depending on how you have your phone wired, mine has a female voice, she said, correction. And she reroutes us, and so I'm I'm following these directions that I'm being told, and I end up right back where I was before when we realized we were going in the wrong direction. So thinking that maybe we misheard the directions and we took a wrong turn, I follow what the voice says again, and it's the exact same directions as before, and once again, we're going in the wrong way. Now, up to this point, I was convinced that this voice on my phone would never, ever steer me wrong, but I was wrong. Siri failed me that day, and after a third attempt, I realized that she was sending us on an endless loop. It was like we were caught in an episode of The Twilight Zone, and we had to get out. So to make a long story short, we had to do it the old-fashioned way. We had to figure it out and correct our course. That experience showed me that even though GPS systems are wonderful, they have flaws. Yes, GPS always knows where you are, but the question becomes, has your destination been programmed accurately? Well, when the programming is wrong, you get stuck trying to figure things out on your own. I bring this up because life in general, in many ways, is like a long road trip. And as we look ahead to the new years coming up in just a few days, it's kind of like starting out on a new trip. And to successfully navigate through this year, this new year coming up, or really any year for that matter, we all, every one of us, needs trustworthy guidance. Let me put it this way, life is full of decisions that makes our days feel like one big fork in the road experience. So we need help in knowing which way we should go. For example, when we were younger, we wanted to know where to college, where to go to college, and then we needed to determine what uh, degree we wanted to get. Once we got there, we wanted to know what career path to follow or what trade we should learn in order to support ourselves as adults. Later, we asked we needed guidance on on who we should marry, and we needed direction on how we should raise our children. And and as we get older, we need direction in dealing with retirement, how to do it wisely, how to do it with proper preparation. We want wisdom to help us to know how to deal with life's trials and life's tribulations. Truthfully, we all need guidance in this life all the time. Plus, in this fallen world where morals are blurred, we really need help in order to determine what is right And what is wrong? I mean, with so many broad paths out there, it becomes harder and harder for us to find the one that's called the straight and narrow path. It has been said that our decisions make us. And to a large extent, that is a very true statement. A life well lived is full of good decision making. While tragic lives often are littered with ill-considered judgments that we've made. High High school reunions are a great example of this because if you've ever attended one, then you probably have met peers who made wrong turns, who made wrong decisions on their road of life. After attending his 25th high school reunion, a pastor wrote this, I was amazed at how many vibrant, optimistic, and enthusiastic 17- and 18-year-olds somehow stumbled into a world of multiple divorces, financial calamities, family estrangement, and vocational nightmares before they reached the age of 45. This all goes to show that we need an effective GPS in our life that we can count on, one that is absolutely reliable. Our scripture reference for this morning, if you want to turn there, is in Psalm chapter 1. And in my mind, it, uh, it ties in very well with this subject matter this morning. Because the best directions that you will ever receive in your lifetime will come from a, a relationship with Jesus Christ and living a life in the way that he taught us to live. Psalm 1, 1 through 6, I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. You can follow along on the screen behind me. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. This scripture makes very clear to me that when I follow Jesus, he is more than qualified to fulfill that role of the personal GPS system for my life. It was the Old Testament prophet Isaiah who proclaimed this about God in Isaiah 28, 29. The Lord of hosts is wonderful in counsel and excellent in guidance. You probably know that that scripture defines God in terms of three omnis. God is omnipresent, God is omnipotent, and God is omniscient. Omni simply means all. So omnipresent means that God is always present. In other words, there is nowhere you can go where God is not. He is always present. Omnipotent means that he's all-powerful. So God can literally do anything. And to say that God is omniscient means that he is all-knowledgeable or totally knowledgeable. He has complete and total knowledge. 1 Samuel 2, 3 says, For the Lord is the God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. Now, please understand, this is not saying that God is bright or that he is sharp or even saying that God is genius, because to use any of those terms to describe God would be far too much of an understatement. What the Bible is really teaching with this third omni, this omniscience, is that God knows everything. Everything. He knows the beginning to the end and everything that falls in between. No question that we have can confound him. No dilemma confuses him. No event surprises him. This COVID thing that kind of just came up on us almost two years ago, none of us were expecting. God knew it was coming. This was not a surprise to him. He has eternal, intrinsic comprehensive and absolutely perfect knowledge. Unlike your car's GPS or your cell phone's GPS, God doesn't need to have regular updates on construction of new homes and buildings being erected on empty lots. He literally knows all that there is and he knows all there is all the time. In fact, the Bible says that even though he tracks the moon and the stars, The scriptures say not a single bird falls to the ground without his knowledge. God's knowledge even covers the trivial, such as the latest count of hairs on your head. Hebrews chapter 4, 13 says, and there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. This means that that God's knowledge includes everything there is to know about you, about any of your trials, about any of the decisions that you have to make, and things that you face in your life. And and that understanding should bring all of us a great sense of comfort. So I think that the natural question becomes, how do we access God's GPS? How How is it that we know What road to travel on in this thing we call life? First of all, the Bible teaches us to take full advantage of God's guidance. You must first be a Christian. You must first be a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans Romans 8.14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. When a person accepts Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior of their life, he adopts them as his child. And at the moment that that happens, his Holy Spirit comes to dwell within that person. And from that point on, he becomes their internal GPS system. You see, one of the Holy Spirit's purposes is to reveal to us the will of God. John 16, 13 says this, However, when he... The Spirit of truth, that's the Holy Spirit, has come. He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He helps us to know what to do, what we should do, and not only that, but he empowers us to do those things that he tells us to do. He renews our mind. He literally fuels our spirit but only Christians have the Spirit's presence within them, so only Christians have this inside help. Only Christians have Jesus inside of them, guiding them throughout their life's decisions. Remember, Jesus did not say, I will show you the way. He said, I am the way. E. Stanley Jones tells a story of a missionary who got lost in an African jungle, there was nothing around him but bushes and maybe a few little cleared spots. So, in his wandering, he comes across a little hut. And he asked the resident of that hut if he could lead him out. And the native man said, Yes, I can. All right, said the missionary, show me the way. And the man said, Well, follow me. So, they walked around and they hacked their way through. Uh, this unmarked juggle for well over an hour when the missionary started to get worried and he asked his his leader, he said, are you quite sure this is the way? Where is the path? And the native said, "Buana, in this place, there is no path. I am the path. And here's my point. Jesus is the path to the will of God. There is no other way to access the will of God than through your relationship with Jesus Christ. So to take full uh, advantage of God's wisdom in your and my life, we need to know Jesus in a personal way. Now, if you're a Christian already, you may be wondering exactly how God speaks to us through his Holy Spirit. And my response to that is that we grow. As we grow, we learn to understand and respond to that inner guidance. As we grow up spiritually, we recognize that voice. We follow that voice. The longer that we walk with Jesus and the deeper our relationship with him becomes, the more we're able to recognize, first of all, and then understand his guidance. Think of it this way. The longer that two people are married, the better that they get to know each other until the point that they can almost get to get to read each other's minds. In, in a sense, what the other, they, they, in a sense, they understand what the other person is already going to do in a particular situation. For example, I know that Lisa finds great relaxation and satisfaction from reading a good book. She loves to curl up and read a book. It's just something she enjoys doing. I know that she doesn't like too much ice in her beverage. I know that she doesn't like coffee, but she does like a hot tea with honey in it. I know she likes green peppers on her pizza. Don't order a pizza without green pepper on it. And I know she loves to find bargains. Some of the most, I'm going to tell it on you, some of the most beautiful dresses that my wife owns were purchased on the Goodwill website out of Miami, Florida. Now everybody's gonna, gonna they, they got your secret now, babe. <laughs> Apparently, the wealthy women in Miami Beach have so much money that they buy, they buy designer dresses, they never ever wear them. The tags are still on them, and, and then to make room for more clothes that they buy, because with their enormous wealth, they have to take the clothes that they've never worn and give them to the Goodwill. It is amazing the deals that this woman has found on brand new dresses that have never been worn at a fraction of what you would pay at the store. And you look wonderful in them, by the way, baby. The day you don't wear a dress, I talk about your beautiful dresses. My wife's embarrassed. She doesn't like me talking about her. Either does my daughter, by the way. I have to give my daughter $5 when I talk about her at the, from the pulpit. So. But not this one, because I didn't tell a story about you. Okay, but I owe, I owe Lisa $5 now, I think. so. I could go, go, I could go on and on, because I, I've learned all these things and a lot of other things about Lisa in the years that we are together. Years of marriage have taught me these things. And all of those of you who are married understand what I'm talking about. And she's learned a great deal about me as well. We even know the way that each other thinks. That's a picture of of when you are mature enough as a Christ follower to be in tune with the Spirit of God. The longer that you walk with him, the more you develop a sense of what it is that he wants you to do and what he does not want you to do. The better you know him, the easier it will be for you to recognize that still small voice speaking in your head, telling you what to say, telling you what to do, telling you where you should go. You know, as you read the Old Testament, you will see numerous times where it says, the word of the Lord came to this prophet or to that prophet. And then the prophet would tell the people what the word of the Lord actually was. In those days before Jesus came, in those days before the Holy Spirit was given to us on the day of Pentecost, God's voice, his word came to a special group of people, and it was these prophets of God. But today... Because of Christ Jesus, any Christian can have the word of the Lord come directly to them, telling them what to do. And the better that we know Jesus, the easier it is for us to recognize that that inner voice, his word that comes to us. I'm not talking about an audible voice. Maybe you hear audible voices. I've never heard an audible voice in my life. But I know when God is telling me something because I can't shake it, it hangs there until I do something with it. And I either obey the word of God or I ignore it. But if I ignore it, it's not going to go away. That's how he works in my life. He may work differently in your life. But the point is, when you hear that voice, you first recognize it, and then it would be the best for you to follow it. When we, go, when we know God well enough, we get to sense also when we are doing things that are outside of his will. You know what I'm talking about? He puts that feeling of unrest into our hearts. It's, it's a check in your spirit. It's a feeling that tells us that you've got to slow down and you've got to start listening for the promptings of God. Then, when we yield to those promptings, we experience a sense of of a quiet peace. Chuck Swindoll put it this way. He said, God's peace acts as the umpire of our hearts. I like that. Another thing we must understand as Christians is that it is God's first and main concern to grow us spiritually so that we can be more conformed into the image of his son. Our human tendency is to focus solely on where we should go and how we should get there and what we should do once we get there. But God's main concern is the process that he takes us through to mature us and to make us more like Jesus. So to access God's guidance or his GPS, whatever you want to call it, first, you must be a Christian. Secondly, you must admit that you need his leading in your life. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, very famous scripture, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. I I think that in these familiar words, God is cautioning us to be wary of prideful human reactions to the many complex decisions and issues that pop up in our lifetime. We need to humble ourselves and realize that we will greatly benefit from God's help in every decision we make. You see, we tend to go to God only after we've stubbornly gone our own direction. And we've really made a major mistake and we failed, and it should be the other way around. This almost always causes problems whenever you do that. Every once in a while we make a right decision on our own. It happens, woo, yay me. But most of the time it doesn't. Our human perspective, the reason is because our human perspective is limited. We don't know what's coming around the corner, just like COVID, but God does. He may say, no, put on the brakes. This is not the door that you walk through. So we need God's input in the decision-making process of everyday life. We need to acknowledge this, just like the scripture says, in all our ways, not just in some of our ways. You know, sometimes we only call on God for major decisions and yet sometimes it's those smaller decisions that have the greatest impact on our life. And so we need to breathe a prayer. We need to say, God, I don't know what to do in this situation, what would you have me do? I read an article entitled, 178 Seconds to Live. And it was about 20 airline pilots who were very capable pilots uh, in clear weather, but they had, never been, they had never taken instrument training. And each pilot was put into a flight simulator And they were instructed to do whatever they could to keep that plane under control while flying into thick, dark clouds and stormy weather. The title of the article came from the fact that in this flight simulator, all 20 pilots crashed and killed themselves within an average of 178 seconds. It took these season flyers with skilled intuition less than three minutes to destroy themselves once they lost their visual reference points. It showed that they needed other guidance in order to fly correctly, and that is the story of you and I. You see, no matter how smart you are, no matter how smart I may think I am, or how many life experiences we have under our belt and think, well, I've been through this before, I know where I'm going. We have to be reminded that our human judgment is just simply limited at best. It's the truth, folks. And let's face it, the, the, the judgments that we have are often just plain wrong. On the surface, we can't see it, but when you dig below the surface, you realize we made a boneheaded decision so often we ignore this inner guidance from God because we think we know better. We think we, we know or, or, or we decide that we prefer to go the direction that my mind tells me that I should go. This reminds me of the story I read about an old Scottish woman who went from home to home across the countryside. She sold thread and buttons and shoestrings. Obviously this was a long time ago. When she came to an unmarked crossroad, she would throw up a stick into the air and she would go in the direction that the stick was pointing. One day, someone was watching her and she had tossed the stick up several times. And she asked the person, the lady, she said, why do you toss the stick up more than once? And the woman replied, because it keeps pointing to the left and I wanna take the road to the right. <laughs> you know, often, often we're just like this woman We know what God's will is. We hear his still, small voice, loud and clear, but yet we don't want to follow his directions. We stubbornly think that we know better than God does. We think that we know what's truly best for us, when of course that's just a silly thought. I don't know about you, but I'm not omniscient. No one knows better what is best for me than God. In fact, I wanna refer you back to the scripture I read earlier, Hebrews 4, 13. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. I guess you could say that a required character trait of getting and receiving God's GPS is humility. Something that's not easy for the human heart. We must admit that we we can't find our way through this life without his help. Well, the third thing we must do in order to, to discern God's leading in our life is simply use the guidance tools he has given us. And he has given us several. And the first one we talk about often, the scriptures, the Bible, the word of God. And this is referenced in our opening scripture in Psalm one, verse one and two. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. That's the word of God. And on his law, he meditates day and night. A great example of Christians who knew the importance of this tool is found in Acts chapter 15. It was a critical point in the development of the early New Testament church. They were trying trying to determine God's will when it came to all the Gentiles who were now professing a faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. They wondered how much of the Jewish law that the Gentiles should have to obey. So they looked at the scriptures in order to receive guidance. Peter pointed out that the scriptures recorded the fact that the Jews had not been able to keep the law of God. And this proved that the law, this is, I'm talking about the man-made law of the Jewish faith was insufficient to save them. And therefore it was wrong to require the Gentiles to follow that. James quoted the prophet Amos who said that the Gentiles would bear God's name. As a result of all this scripture studying, it was decided that it was not God's will to require Gentiles to become circumcised. Well, in the same way, you and I need to learn to use this tool that God has given us, the inspired word of God, to guide us through our life. The fact is, guidance from the Lord is always in accordance with his written word. He will never lead you or I to do something that conflicts with the perfect wisdom that is found in the scriptures. Scriptural wisdom is found in the form of both principles and precepts, and they work together to guide us through our lives and through our decision-making process. I'm often asked what these two words mean, so here's the answer. Precepts are clearly marked statements like thou shalt not steal. It's like the sign out there on Luther Road that says speed limit, 30 miles an hour. According to those signs, speeding is anything over 30 miles per hour. That is a precept. Very clear, very easy to understand, very easy to apply. Psalm 119.15 says, I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. But there are also principles found in the scriptures. These are general guidelines that apply to various situations in life. For example, Jesus said that we are to love our neighbors as ourselves. This is a principle to be applied to all of our relationships with all other people. It means that we should cultivate a compassion for others that makes us care about their problems as much as we care about our own. It's like the sign you see in some neighborhoods that say, drive carefully. Now that might mean 25 miles an hour when the road is clear or it may mean 10 miles per hour when children are out playing near the street. The principles and the precepts of God's word will never ever steer you wrong. You can always rely on them. Now I imagine that most of us would prefer something flashier We'd prefer the, the clouds to part. We, we'd prefer, like Mary, to have a visitation from an angel. It seems we want to hear God's booming voice at night. Well, that may or may not happen to you. In fact, I'm probably going to say more than likely it's not going to happen to you. But the fact is, the surest, the, the most effective way to receive God's guidance is from the Bible, God's written word. Psalm one nineteen one o five. 105, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. The simple truth is that about 95% of God's will for your and my life is contained within the pages of the Bible already. So the more you read it, the better you get to know what God's will is and what he wants you to do. In the Bible, God has already told us how he wants us to live. He teaches us how to love, how to talk, how to take care of our bodies, how to handle our money, how to pray, how to function as family members or employees, as well as many other things. Many of the decisions that, that we face in this life is no, are no-brainers because the best course of action is already clearly spelled out in the Bible. For example, If someone were to ask me, should I sell my house while the market is high and sizzling, take all those proceeds and buy lottery tickets? I can tell you with absolute confidence that according to the Bible, God would say no. It is clearly written about not to get involved in get-rich-quick schemes or attempting to earn our livelihood through games of chance, and that's exactly what gambling is. It's a game of chance. Some would say the stock market is a game of chance. If I was asked, should I take something that's not mine? Well, we all know the Bible clearly says no. Should I marry a non-Christian? The Bible says it is not good for you to be unequally yoked with a non-believer. Should, do I, need, should, I, should I help people who are in need? The Bible says yes, of course you should. Should I consider marriage a lifetime commitment? The Bible says you better believe it. Is sex before marriage okay? Bible says never is it okay. The fact is the clearest and the most direct route to the guidance of God is through his revealed word, the Bible, and when we ignore it, we do so at our own peril. Can I have a witness? I've been there. The second tool, that God wants us to use is our brains. Paul was using his brain when he decided that it would, not, that it would be best, in this case, to circumcise young Timothy. Acts 16.3 says, Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. Now, Paul's actions here might seem inconsistent with the decision of the Jerusalem council that we just talked about regarding the Gentiles and the law, but it wasn't. Paul's concern here was for the defense and the propagation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul knew that in order for Timothy to have access to the synagogues, and to be able to preach in the same places where Paul preached, he would need to be circumcised. So this little bit of surgery made complete sense in this particular situation. As a missionary, Paul had enough God-given wisdom to know that he had to be willing to follow what is written in 1 Corinthians nine twenty-two: To the weak I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Many times, in order for us to be at the center of God's will, it simply requires us to follow Paul's example and using the mind that God gave us. This reminds me of a joke that I was told about a man who lived in a very low-lying area near a river. It was raining heavily and he didn't, have the com- he didn't use the common sense that God had given him. So a man drives up on a Jeep. He says, hey, this area is about to be flooded, sir. You need to get out of here. And the man replied, no, thank you very much. I'll just stay here and trust the Lord to take care of me. In very short order, the water was coming up around him on his front porch as he sat there in his rocking chair. When a man comes by in a boat this time, he says, you need to get out of here. This water is getting higher and higher to which the man calmly replied, I'll be okay, I'm just going to trust in the Lord. Finally, the man had to get up on his roof because the rising waters had completely engulfed his house and a helicopter appears overhead and a chair gets dropped down so that he can be lifted to safety and the man yells up, it's okay, I'm just trusting in God to take care of me. Well, needless to say, the man drowned. And when he gets to heaven... He complained to the Lord that he hadn't take care of that he didn't take care of him. And the Lord said to him, look, I sent you a Jeep. I sent you a boat. I sent you a helicopter. What else do you want from me? That's the way we are. Sometimes something is right before us. It's an answer to prayer, but we don't see it. It's something that God has done for us. He has made it happen. Thank you, Jesus, I've got a boat to get out of here on. Thank you, Jesus, you've sent a helicopter. No, I'm waiting for something special. How more special can you get than that? Listen, when we seek guidance from God, we can't be passive. God wants us to learn to develop to use the brains that he has given us. He wants us to become wise followers of his. So when we face important decisions, we must not at all be passive about it. We must pray. We must seek guidance and exercise judgment. We must exercise wisdom. We must exercise initiative and choice and most importantly, responsibility. Following God involves us using our reasoning powers from these wonderful minds that he has given us. I think that that's part of what Paul meant. In Romans 12, 1, when he referred to the Christian life as a reasonable service, your reasonable ser- service. Well, the third guidance tool that God has given us is the wise counsel of others. This is what Psalm 1, was getting at. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. We need to seek wise counsel from wise and godly people. That's exactly what was done in this Jerusalem council that I talked about just a bit ago. They were trying to decide how to handle all of these new Gentile believers who weren't obeying the Jewish law. As I inferred, they sought input from Peter and from James and from others. And this tool still works for us today. God often uses other people to guide us to the center of his will. It reminds me of that game show called Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Whenever a contestant at that show is faced with a question that they're not certain the answer of, they have a lifeline. And that lifeline is to call somebody that they know that they believe has the knowledge and the wisdom to to, to be helpful to them. Well, likewise, we need to call upon experienced followers of Christ sometimes when we have difficult decisions to make. But be careful, I warn you, because every church has their share of self-proclaimed counselors. I'm talking about people who are very shallow in their knowledge of the things of God. They are still infants in the faith. They haven't grown deep roots yet. And they're still very spiritually immature. But they're convinced that they have all the answers and they love to share those answers with you. And such counsel is is worth approximately what it costs. And that is nothing. The healthy approach for all of us is to seek several people who you know to be wise, and who you know to be godly individuals. I'm talking about those people that we admire because they have been around, they've been around the spiritual block, so to say, a time or two, and to ask them for input. Proverbs 24, six says, in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. Think of the church as a smorgasbord of, of wise people whom you can go to and get qualified counsel on any given matter. And I have to say here, that doesn't just mean you're pastor. I am honored when you ask me questions, life questions. Many of those questions you can already answer yourself if you will get into the word like I've talked about, but I'm not the only answer person here. This church is filled with people wiser than I am. This church is filled with people who have served the Lord longer than I have. And you would serve yourself well to go to them. And let me tell you, sometimes it is the quietest people who have the most wisdom. They're not the type that run around acting like they're all that in a cup of coffee. They are secure in their relationship with the Lord. And they've got wisdom to give. And you would do yourself well to sit down and say, you know, I don't even know you very well, but I've watched you from a distance and there's something about you that I'm drawn to. And I've got some issues that I need help with. Maybe you could give me some insight. And I guarantee you there's not a Christian man or woman in this church who would not give you the time of day when you ask them a question like that. And they would spend time with you. We, you know, the, the, the thing is, it is not necessary for us to learn our lessons in life the hard way. We can learn from other people's mistakes. Obviously we learn the most from our own mistakes, but we can learn from other people's experiences. Well, the final tool that I wanted to mention with regard to direction from God is the tool of Providence. Providence is when God opens the doors for us to do His will, but will conversely close a door that leads to things that are not His will. It's the kind of guidance that Jesus talked about in Revelation 3:8 when he said this, "I know your works." See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it, for you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. In 1980, or 1892, Martin Wells Knapp wrote a book titled Impressions, on which he stated this, If the Lord goes before us, he will open all doors before us, and we shall not need ourselves to hammer them down. It's never a sign of divine leading whenever a Christian insists on opening his or her own door or riding roughshod over all all other opposing things. If you ever run into a person that comes to you for guidance and they're already bent on where they're going, they have really no intention of listening to what you're saying. What you're speaking is going in one ear and out the other because they've already made their decision, but they're trying to look like they're doing the spiritual thing by coming and asking you the truth. Oh, how many people have come to me talking about wanting to get married to an an unsaved individual? And I just show them in the word of God, this is what it says. And I'm not gonna put a shiny bow on it and tell you that I think it's okay. Because if you think you have problems now in this dating relationship, wait till you get married. It's gonna be a struggle. And when you tell somebody my advice to you is I wouldn't marry a person that wasn't saved, then they get mad at you. You're a bad pastor. You don't want me to have love in my life. No, I want you to have love. I just want you to have the right kind of love. So it's never a sign of of divine leading whenever a Christian busts down the door on their own. And they're not seeking God for wisdom and they're not seeking wise counsel and they're not getting into scriptures. Listen, if God is calling you to do something, he will open the doors in order for you to do it. And it may not come in your time or in your way or the way you think it should, but that door will open. And then you've gotta be ready to walk through that door. At the same time, God guides you when he shuts a door in your face. You're just about ready to walk through and do something foolish. And boom, he closes it. And you go, whoa, maybe this isn't the right thing. And make sure you get this. A closed door is guidance as well. It is. It's negative guidance, but it's guidance just the same. It's a form of guidance that keeps us from going to where we are not called to go. So that in God's time, we might end up going where God is actually calling us. When God closes a door, it's easier to become frustrated and to become disheartened because we can't imagine why he would shut this door in front of us the way he did. So we try to explain it away by saying, well, maybe I just made a mistake. Maybe I need to try harder. But you must remember that when our heavenly father closes a door, he merely has his sights set on something much greater for you the question becomes, do you have the patience? It's the same kind of of, of guidance techniques that we use with our children. When they start to crawl, we have to start putting little, little locks on the cabinets so they can't get into those cabinets that have chemicals and cleaning things and all those things that could poison our children. But at the same time, we open up doors for them, doors that are safe doors that that behind them are the toys that they can play with and safe areas for them that benefit them. So I say all of that to say this, as we enter, as we're about ready to enter into 2022, I cannot believe that. I don't know about you. 2022. I remember when I was a young man thinking, man, when it comes to year 2000, I'm going to be old and now I'm 22 years past that. (laughs) As we enter into this new year, perhaps you have some major decisions to make. Maybe you are unsure about the direction that you should go. Well, this morning, if you are at a crossroads and as you're looking ahead to this new year, fast approaching, I encourage you to seek the Lord's will. Claim his promise found in Psalms 32, eight, where he says this, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Do this because if you do, not only will you enjoy the benefit of a good decision, you will also experience a very precious thing. You will experience fellowship with God on your own outside of this building, outside of a worship service, you will experience fellowship with God himself. It's a fellowship that is so sweet that, that that Moses told God he didn't want to go anywhere without him walking by his side and guiding his steps. Listen, we were not meant to travel these roads of life on our own. This is why Life is empty. This is why life is meaningless without a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. This is why we describe people who don't follow Jesus as lost. They're lost precisely because they don't have God to direct their steps. But equally, as serious as that, ladies and gentlemen, is believers who have access to to this knowledge and this strength and this wisdom that only God can provide and us choosing not to access it. Either of those scenarios is a recipe for failure. So you must prepare yourself to seek God in all things. Because as I said earlier, the decisions we make, make us. It's as simple as that. Scott, will you guys come forward? And help me to close this down. I'd like to ask all of you to stand to your feet if you would. On this last Sunday of 2021, I believe it would be very appropriate for us to spend some time seeking the Lord. As you look ahead to this new year, you may be thinking to yourself, how is this going to be any different from the past five years that I've just gone through. Maybe you're feeling like it's just gonna be more of the same. Well, first of all, let me tell you, I understand that thinking because I've been there myself. But when I asked Jesus to become Lord of my life, it changed my outlook forever. And not only my outlook, but now I have a source in which to make sound decisions. I guess what I'm saying is I'm not flying by the seat of my pants anymore. When I became a Christian, when I became a follower of Jesus Christ, my life was never the same again. It completely changed me because I have learned to lean upon God in the decisions that I must make in this life. In fact, if you are here today or if you're watching online and you are not a Christian, I know that even now, the Spirit of God is guiding you. He is guiding you to the cross. He is inviting you to become a believer in Jesus Christ. I know this because it says in 2 Peter 3, 9, he is not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. Won't you allow his leading, won't you follow, excuse me, his leading, and accept this wonderful gift? salvation that jesus offers you today i want to open this altar this morning for a time of seeking god and his direction you know maybe you're already a follower of christ but god has maybe shown you today that you really haven't been seeking his guidance you kind of been on autopilot yeah you serve the lord but you're not really having him involved in your decisions you just do what you want to do Many times it turns out good, but sometimes you come up against some walls and you wonder why. It reminds me, it's like I said on Christmas Eve, it's, it's like somebody having this beautifully wrapped present with your name marked on it and you just leave it there. Christmas Eve, I said you leave it under the tree. Now I say you just leave it sitting there in your house and you never open it up. God has this gift for you. But if you won't receive it, how can he ever do his work within you? Maybe it's a matter of trust. Maybe it's an enormous amount of self-sufficiency that we as Americans are the very best at. We are self-sufficient. We will take care of myself and my family, thank you very much. I don't know what it is, but God is calling you this morning. And he's calling you as you look at this new year to begin to trust him more. Because he says this morning that he will never steer you wrong. Maybe within your own self-sufficiency, you've made some real bad choices and those decisions have cost you greatly. You're still paying for those decisions. Maybe you need to come to this altar and you need to pray for God to help you to trust him more, to be able to receive his information, his knowledge, his wisdom, his, his guidance. Or maybe as you're looking ahead to this new year, You you desire to start it in God's perfect will. You want this to be a year where God leads you in all things. Well, it would be very appropriate for you to bring that desire down to this altar to the Lord and to make a commitment to Him, a commitment that you plan to seek Him in your decision-making this year, and then commit to Him that you will follow the guidance that he gives you, even if it seems wrong to you at the moment. Because if it seems wrong to you, it's either not from God, or you just don't wanna do what God is calling you to do. Or maybe on this last Sunday of 2021, you just wanna come to this altar and you wanna bring thanksgiving to the Lord. You wanna thank him for getting you through another 360 some days in one piece you have health, you have a roof over your head, you have transportation, you have food to eat, that is worth thanking God for. Whatever draws you to this altar this morning as the worship team sings, let's take some time to spend with the Lord. Myself and Anthony, I know Chris is not here today, we will pray over you and when we're done with that, we will dismiss in prayer. If you can't come to this altar, you can sit in your chair, but please pray for those who are down here that are seeking God's face this morning.
1: On his unchanging race, and every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the bear. my anchor holds within the bear.
0: at the altar. They can pray as long as they would like. I'd like you to please bow your heads with me. We will dismiss this service. Precious Father, thank you for an incredible year. Hasn't been without its challenges, but God, you've helped us to meet every challenge that's been thrown at us. And we've come out stronger, more knowledgeable, with greater levels of faith, because we have seen your hand upon our lives and upon this church in ways that are really nothing short of amazing. Your faithfulness to us, God, is amazing. My prayer is that we would be as faithful to you, every one of us, that we would seek to please you in the way we live our lives, in the decisions that we make, and in that decision-making, Lord, we would seek you. We wouldn't just do things and then ask you to bless our decisions, but we would make decisions based upon what you show and where you direct us. Father, I pray that we would have the faith that when we seek you and you give us an answer, that we would walk boldly in the direction you tell us to go because it's the only way to go. It's where, as that scripture says, we will be prospered in all things because we've done it your way. Father, help us to trust you in this new year like we've never trusted you before. Because you are faithful. There is no one we can trust more than you. So let that become part and parcel to our life, Lord. A great, immense trust in you for everything. And let us not hesitate to call upon you for your direction in our lives. Father, as we go our separate ways today, I pray that your Holy Spirit would guide and direct our steps the places we go, the things we do, the conversations that we have, those conversations would build people up and not tear them down. I pray that we would be bright, shining lights in a very dark world. And that light is the love of Christ that shines through us and it would be so obvious to people that they would come to us and ask us, what is different about you? And then we can open up and say it's because christ jesus is in my heart and father we would have the opportunity to lead them to the cross pray father that you would open doors for each one of us to share your goodness with others that we would boldly proclaim your goodness to others father i ask until we meet again next time that you would keep us safe from sickness from disease any accidents that might befall us lord keep us safe from them so that we can gather together again as a church family and worship you in spirit and in truth we thank you for this day thank you for your mighty presence in this place and in our lives and we just bless your name today as we leave father let us go in love showing this world who you are within us and i ask these things in the precious name of jesus amen thank you for being here